0: okay so this episode is quite special because for two reasons so we're going to be reading chapter five uh, because it's only short and chapter six is only short so we're reading them two chapters also it's my sister's birthday today so yeah so yeah chapter five daisy dovetail <laughs> For some months after Mrs Dovetail's shocking death, the king's servants were divided into two groups. The first group whispered that King Fred had been blamed for the way she died. The second preferred to believe that there had been some kind of mistake and the king couldn't have known how ill Mrs Dovetail was before giving her the order that she must finish her suit. Mrs Humish, the chef belonged to the second group. The king had always been been nice to Mrs. Beamish, sometimes even inviting her to the dining room to congratulate her on particularly fine batches of duke's delights or folderal fancies. So she was sure he was a kind, generous and considerate man. You mark my words. Someone forgot to give the king a message she told her husband. Major Beamish had never make an ill servant work. I know he must simply feel awful about what happened. Yes, said Major Beamish. I'm sure he does. Like his wife, Major Beamish wanted to think the best of the king, because like his father and his grandfather before him, had all served loyal in the royal guard so even though Major Beamish observed that King Fred seemed quite cheerful after Mrs. Dovetail's death, hunting as regularly as ever, and, and though Mr. Major Beamish knew that the Dovetails had moved, been moved out of their old house to live down by the graveyard, he tried to believe that the King was sorry for what had just happened to his seamstress. He had no hand in movement for her for her husband and daughter the dovetail's new cottage was a gloomy place sunlight was blocked out by the high the high yew trees that bordered the graveyard although the gap between the dark brooches as she no longer lived next door to bert daisy less saw of him in her free time Although Bert went to visit Daisy as often as possible. There was much less room to play in her new garden, but they adjusted their games to fit. Miss, what, what Mr Dovetail thought about his new house or the king or nobody knew, he'd never discussed these matters with fellow servants. but went quietly about his work, earning money he needed to, the, to support his daughter and raising Daisy as best as he could without her mother. Daisy, who liked helping her father in the carpenter workshop, had always been happiest in overalls. She was the kind of person who didn't mind getting dirty, and she wasn't very interested in clothes. Yet in the days following the funeral, she wore different dress every day to take the fresh posse to her mother's grave. While alive, Mrs. Dovetail had always tried to make her daughter. Look as she put it as she put it like a little lady lady and had made her many beautiful gowns, sometimes from the off-cut of material that King Fred graciously let her keep after she'd made superb costumes. And so the week passed, then a month and then a year, until the dresses her mother had sewn were all too small for Daisy, but she had still kept them carefully in her wardrobe. Other people seemed to have an idea of her mother being gone. Daisy pretended like she was used to it. On the surface, her life returned to something like normal. She helped her father in the workshop, did her schoolwork and played with her best friend Bert, but they never spoke about her mother and they never talked about the king every night daisy lay her eyes fixed on the distant white headstone shining in the moonlight until she fell asleep chapter 6 the fight on the courtyard there was a courtyard behind the palace where people peacocks walked fountains played and statues of former kings kept kings and queens kept watch as long as they didn't pull the peacock's tail or jump in the fountain or climb the statues, the children of the palace servants were were allowed to play in the courtyard after school. Sometimes Lady Islander, who liked children, would come make daisy chains with them. But the most exciting thing of all was when King Fred came out onto the balcony and waved, which made all the children cheer, bow, curtsy as their parents had taught them. The only time the children fell silent the children fell silent, seized their games of hotspot and stopped pretending to fight the igabog when was when the Lord Spittleworth and Flapoon passed through the courtyard. These two lords weren't fond of children at all. They thought the little brats made far too much noise in the late afternoon which was precisely the time when Spittleworth and Flappoon liked to nap between hunting and dinner. One day shortly after Berth and Daisy's seventh birthday, when everyone was playing as usual between the fountains and peacocks, the daughter of the new head seamstress, who was wearing a beautiful dress of rose-pink brocade, said, Oh, I do hope the king waves at us today. Well, I don't, said Daisy who couldn't help herself, and didn't realise how loudly she spoken. The children all <gasps> gasped and turned around to look at her. Daisy felt hot and cold at once, seeing them all glaring. "'You shouldn't have said that,' whispered Bert as he was standing right next to Daisy. The other children were staring at him too. "'I don't care,' said Daisy, colouring, rising in her face. "'She started now, so she might as well finish.' If he hadn't worked my mother so hard, she'd still be alive. Daisy felt as though she'd been wanting to say that out loud for a long time. There was another gasp, all all the surrounding children and a maid's daughter actually squealed in terror. He's the best king of cornucopia we've ever had, said Bert, who'd heard his mother say it so many times. No, he isn't. Da- said Daisy loudly. He's selfish, vain and cruel. Daisy, whispered Bert, horrified. Don't be silly. It was the word silly that did it. Silly, when the new head seamstress's daughter smirked, whispered behind her hand to her friend while pointing at Daisy's ov- overalls. Silly, when her father wiped away her tears in the evening, thinking Daisy wasn't looking, Silly! Went to talk to her mother. She had visited the cold white headstone. Daisy drew back her hand and smacked Bert right around the face. Then the oldest Roach brother, whose name was Roderick and who now lived in Daisy's old bedroom, shouted, Don't let her get away with it, butterball! And the boys, and led all the boys in shouts, Fight! fight, fight, terrified. Bert gave Daisy Daisy's shoulder a half-hearted shove, and it seemed to Daisy the only thing to do was launch herself at Bert, and everything became dust and elbows until the two children were pulled about by Bert's father and Major Beamish, who'd come running out of the palace on hearing the commotion, to find out what was going on. Dreadful behaviour, mottled Spitterware, walking walking past the Major and the two sobbing, struggling children. But as they turned away, a broad smirk spread over Lord Spitterware's face. He was a man who knew how to turn a situation to good use and he thought they might have found a way to banish your children, or some of them anyway, from the palace courtyard. There's one more thing I'd like to say. Um, from now on, most of the time I will be reading two chapters in one sitting because they're quite a lot of them are short chapters, and otherwise it's a short podcast. So the shorter chapters, i read two of them. The longer ones, I'll just read one. Thank you.